Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Fantastic. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We are finishing up a post-Easter series called Survey Says. And I love the opportunity that we've had to be able to hear from you because really the last three weeks have been topics that you have requested to hear. And I think it's good for us as pastors and as leaders. We need to be dialed into the pulse of the people. And so what you're hearing or what you've heard is a result of the things that you're walking through. And that's why two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Johnny did a fabulous job talking about forgiveness, the power of forgiveness and how it sets us free. Uh, last week, if you were here, and I know we had some storms that came in last Sunday. My, my, my. How many of you were here last Sunday? Turn to your neighbor and say, you are strong. <laughs> Tornado watches and all these crazy stuff. How many of you were not here, but you watched online last Sunday? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're smart. <laughs> We've got a lot of strong people, smart people up in here. Pastor David talked about spiritual warfare and, uh, and what that means in the life of the believer. I want to finish up this series today, and I want to talk to you about temptation. Okay, everybody say Temptation. Now, now, let me give you a disclaimer, okay? Um, oftentimes, the people who speak on temptation appear to have all their stuff together. Um, I am not there yet. I want to talk to you not out of something that I have mastered, but what I am currently learning. Can I speak out of the, the, the raw, rugged reality of my life? Uh, the, the truth is this. Uh, Temptation is an all-inclusive topic, all right? Nobody gets a pass on this one today. If you're here, you can't sit this one out and say, well, you know, uh, this doesn't really apply to me. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is for you. It's all-inclusive. It brings all of us together. I don't care what your background is, what your history is, where you're from. You could be black. You can be white. You can be rich. You can be poor. You could be Catholic. You can be Baptist. You can be Cajun. You can be straight-up heathen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Temptation is the common denominator that brings all of us together. From the first Adam in the Garden of Eden to the last Adam, Jesus... And everyone in between, we bumped up into this thing called temptation. Uh, maybe you're here today and, and this, this topic is specifically for you because you've had your teeth kicked in by it. You know, maybe you have been fighting battles and, you know, your, your heart is to do right. Your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. Uh, maybe temptation has caused you to lose some things that are valuable to you. You know, maybe you've, you've lost some relationships. Maybe you've lost a marriage. Maybe you've lost a job or an opportunity. Maybe you've lost hope. Maybe you've lost some of your integrity. I don't know where you find yourself on the scale of, of temptation, but temptation is, this is something that all of us wrestle with. Now, let me be quick to say this. Today is not about guilt, okay? Today's not about condemnation, it's not about shame. How many of you know that you can go out in the world and the world can do a good enough job of tearing you down? 
I'm not trying to, to beat anybody up. As we search the scriptures today, I'm not going to beat you down with the word. I'm telling you, the, the workforce, your schools, the world is good enough at beating people down. I think the word is what's going to lift you up. So today is not about guilt or shame or condemnation. Today is about hope. Today is about us learning together, growing together, and rebuilding together. Now, we pray four things. Rachel and I pray four things over our children every single day. Four things since the time that they've been small. My oldest is, is now 18, almost 19 years old. We, we pray these four things over our kids. We say, Lord, let them be a light on their campus. Let them be leaders and not followers. God, I pray that they would always do what's right, even if no one's watching. And then we say, Lord, let them be strong in temptation. And I say it just like that. And, you know, I'm learning that with my children, I can't always eliminate temptation from their lives, but I can pray that God will make them strong in it. Can I have a good amen? And so this is such an important topic. And before we get started, let me give you kind of an appetizer. How many of you, when you go out to eat, you like some apps? Okay, I'm going to throw a little calamari out here. Is that okay? Chips and salsa? Okay, fellas, buffalo wings. Okay, here, here we go. So here's, here's just a little precursor. It's not the main course, but I want to give you some quick temptation facts to really set the agenda. And so if you're taking notes, jot down a few of these. First of all, number one, the devil has been doing this for a long, long, long time. Devil's been doing this longer than you and I have been around. So I think it's, it's important that you and I don't underestimate our opponent. Don't minimize the, 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 the capacity, the ability that the enemy of your soul has. He's been doing this for centuries. The second thing I want you to know is this. Temptation is customized for our weakness. Listen, the devil will never attack strength. He always attacks weakness. And so he'll, and it's customized. It's not a one-size-fits-all deal. One person may be tempted, tempted by pornography. Another person may be tempted to lie. You know, sometimes, you know, the enemy, he will, he will study us to pinpoint our weakness, and then he'll customize temptation to really fit that weak spot. So I said all that to say this. If you don't know your weakness, then you're in trouble. Because that's the very target that the enemy is attacking. So he's been doing this for a long time, and he will customize temptation specifically for our weakness. The third thing in this appetizer, temptation will make promises that it can never keep. It'll promise you some things. Yeah, if you'll just do this, then you'll be happy. Or if you'll just do this, you'll be fulfilled. Or, you know, this will actually bring you freedom. Listen, the, the temptation promises freedom, but it makes you a slave. Temptation will promise happiness, but it will steal your joy. Temptation will promise you pleasure, but it only creates pain. Can I have a better amen? And so we've got to be, and hear me, dear, dear brothers and sisters, I feel so compelled in my spirit. Today is going to be a, a, a good day. It's going to help us. I just see in the spirit realm God equipping us and preparing us for the battles of temptation. 
It's not something that we can always avoid, but you're going to walk out of here today and you're going to be equipped. You're going to be ready. You're going to be eyes wide open in the spirit. We're not going to be ignorant to the devices of the enemy. I mean, he has studied us. He knows human nature. He pinpoints our weaknesses and customizes his attack based on that. So we're going to walk out of here with the spirit of God, with the word of God, with the knowledge of God. God will give us everything we need to walk in victory. Are you with me today? Now, you know, I, I've been in church a long time and I've seen the, just the progression of the church. And one of the things that I noticed is uh, in, we have now in, in a, a lot of different places in the church, we have these um, uh, like the, the hand sanitizer stations. How many of you have seen those little hand sanitizer deals? Walking in airports, man, they're ever. How many germaphobes do we have in the house? How many of you, you love that Germex, that Purell? You keep a little, how many ladies got a little of that in your purse? Oh, yes, indeed. Well, I've noticed how sometimes we'll put the, the, the hand sanitizer stations at the front door greeters. So when people come into, it's interesting. I, I thought this was fascinating. You know, I just see greeters. Oh, welcome. Welcome to church today. Good to see you. Oh, you're a visitor? <laughs> well, God bless you. Well, this is a great church. We love. We don't judge. There's no judgment here. Yeah, but you, everybody's welcome. Oh, you got how many kids? Four kids? Oh, wow. wow. We just love kids. We got a great kids district. Oh, my God. Kids, this is awesome. We got VBS. Where'd you say you're from? Alabama. Oh. Oh, well, welcome. Welcome. I'm just teasing. Everybody say, God bless. Alabama. They need it. Listen, it's amazing how we can sanitize our hands, but how do you sanitize your heart? How do you live with purity and innocence on the inside in the middle of a filthy, dirty, messed up world? Are you with me? I want to tell you, the Bible has a lot to say about temptation. God didn't just put us here on earth and say, figure out the landmines as you walk around. He says, no, 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 I'm going to give you what you need. I love this verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at verse 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the Bible says this. No temptation. Everybody say no. no. There's not a single temptation that has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Everybody say common. Okay, it's interesting. We'll, we'll talk about this in just a minute. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful. See, now we're talking about the character and nature of God. Scripture says temptation is common, but there's something about God that, that has an impact on this whole deal. God is faithful, and he's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able you notice that? That God is sovereign in this whole deal. And whatever it is that's tempting you has to pass through the sovereignty of God first. That tells me that all the powers of darkness are still subject to the authority of God. But God's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with every temptation will also make the way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. Can I have an amen for the reading of the word? Oh, I just love this scripture 
Because this verse tells me several things. First of all, it says temptation is common. And I love that because sometimes we'll be in a set of circumstances and we'll think, well, this has never happened to anybody else. My situation is unique. Nobody understands. I, there, I have no other choice. I, I mean, I'm, I'm rendered powerless. It's, it's been in, you know, it's something that specifically, now temptation is customized for your weakness, but the Bible says temptation is not uncommon. It's not just unique to you. Remember, the devil's been doing this for a long time. So, so number one, it's common, but number two, God is faithful. You know, the, the character and nature of God, when you bring that into the equation, then all of a sudden things are different now. Because of his faithfulness, the Bible says he knows your capacity. He's not going to allow you to be tempted to the point where you just can't handle it. Whatever it is that's coming against you had to pass through the filter of an almighty God. And then he says this, because that God's faithful, he won't allow you to be tempted above what you can handle, but will with every temptation provide the way of escape. I want you to know that there is a way out of every temptation, everything that you're facing that's kind of baiting you. You know, the enemy will kind of lay something in front of you. Kind of, hey, look over here. Won't you check this out? You know, what about this? You know, everything, every pitfall, every trap of the enemy, the Bible says there is a way out. Bottom line is this. You can beat any temptation. I'm telling you, you can do it. Don't buy into the lie that says, well, my grandfather was this way. My father was this way. I guess it's going to be this way with me. There is no generational curse on your family that the power of God can't break. You can beat it. Now, you can't do it in your own strength, but I can tell you this, God will give you everything you need to walk in victory. You know, I, I read this this past week. I thought this was fascinating. In 1847, a civil engineer by the name of Charles Ellett, 1847, Charles was commissioned to build a bridge across the gorge of the Ni Niagara Falls. That was his assignment. You need to build a bridge, find a way to build a bridge across Niagara from the United States into Canada. And the building of a suspension bridge begins with the stretching of a line from one uh, edge to the other. It had to go across this stream. If they were gonna start this construction process, they had to connect one edge of the cliff to the other. Now, what's interesting is that gap was 800 feet wide, and the cliffs were 225 feet tall. And with the turbulent waters in between, there was no way to get a line from one side to the other. So then they had an idea, wait a second, here's what we'll do. We'll give a cash prize to the first young boy who can fly a kite from one side of Niagara Falls to the other. And so a young man from Lincoln, Nebraska, a boy named uh, Holman Walsh was the first boy to fly a kite from one side from the United States into Canada across Niagara Falls. You say, Mike, why is that important? Because this young man flew that kite and that string stretched across 800 feet to the other side. So engineers were smart. They knew if they could get a string from one side to the other, that attached to that string, they would connect a rope. 
And then they would pull that rope across and attached to the rope was a cord. And then they got a cord across and attached to that cord was a chain. And then they pulled the chain across and finally attached to that chain was a cable. And that cable stretched from the United States into Canada across Niagara Falls. And on that single cable, the construction of the first suspension bridge across Niagara Falls began. What started with a string in 1847 eventually became a bridge. And it was an engineering miracle, all because one boy flew a kite with a string. Let me tell you this. I believe today some of you are just holding on by a string. Mike, all I got is a thread. Listen, God doesn't need a lot to do a lot. If you, that string, is, God's got something he wants attached to attach to that string. He's got a rope. And wants to attach a rope to a, to a cord, to a chain, eventually to get that cable so we can build a bridge of victory over the falls of temptation. Are you with me? Some of you have been caught up in Niagara Falls. And man, there's a current that's taking you in a direction that you don't want to go. God says, I got a string on this side that'll get you to the other side. Now, can I give you a few strings to help you overcome the turbulence of temptation? If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, and these are simple. This is what I do, all right? Again, I'm not speaking from a, a place of achievement, but I'm speaking in terms of current reality. Here's how I handle temptation, and I just thought this may equip and empower some of you today. Number one, it starts by speaking God's word. Speaking God's word. God's word is powerful, especially when we speak it. Now, I like to say the word of God out loud. Why? Because I want my spirit to hear what God's word is saying. How many of you talk to yourself? You know, some of the most intelligent conversations I have <laughs> with myself. You talk to, how many of you, when you're driving down the road, you like to talk? Some of you talking to other drivers, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like to talk to myself. I got a set of scriptures in my car, and when I drive, I just pull out my scriptures. It helps me get through traffic in a whole lot better mentality. You know, on the airplane, we were 17 hours flying from here to Africa. And you're at 30,000 feet, 17 hours. My Lord, have mercy. Let me break out the scriptures. Man, I just, and I want to say them out loud because I want my spirit to hear. I got to say some things to me. You know why? Because if I don't talk to me, I guess, I guarantee you, there are a lot of other things in this world that are trying to talk to me. Culture will try to talk to you. The, the, the spirit of the world will try to talk to you. The enemy of your soul is trying to talk to you. How many of you know we need to get good information into our spirit? And so I got to say it over me. The, the, the psalmist David said in Psalm 103, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, who is he talking to? He's talking to his soul. He says, soul, you will bless the Lord. Let me just tell you something right now. Feelings, emotions, circumstances, all of you are second place. Right now, I'm going to talk to my spirit. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of my sins, and he heals all of my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit of corruption. He beautifies, he dignifies, and he crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles, strong and advancing and overcoming. Can I have a good amen? You got to say something over your soul. Don't just listen to every word the enemy puts in your mind and drops in your ear. If you listen to that stuff and entertain it, eventually you will own it as if it's true. But your soul has to have good information. What was it in in Matthew chapter 4 whenever Jesus was being tempted by the devil himself? The devil came to him in the wilderness after 40 days of fasting and and tempted the Lord. How did Jesus defend himself? He said, it is written. What's he doing? He's saying it out loud with his mouth. I'm going to tell you what, you need to know what's written in this book. And when you know it, you need to speak it. In Mark chapter 4, the Bible says, Mark, Mark 4, 22 and 24, have faith in God. For whoever says to this mountain, how many know you got to speak to the mountain? You can't just complain about the mountain. Come on. You can't just go to lunch with your friends and talk about the mountain. You got to talk to your mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, hey, mountain, be removed, cast into the sea. You don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say shall come to pass. The Bible says you will have whatever you say. How many of you know there's power in the spoken word? We've got to speak. But if you don't know the word, how can you speak it? I'm telling you, you know the number one tool of the enemy is our ignorance of God's word. Our lack of knowledge of the scripture is one of the number one things the enemy will use against us. I'm going to tell you what, even the devil himself knows the word. But if we don't know it, then we can't speak it. It's amazing how when you get new information into your spirit, it allows you to go a new direction. You don't always have to follow your flesh. You see, speaking God's word helps us see through the lies of temptation. I want to encourage you. Let's just start with the string. If we're going to get from from one side of Niagara to the other, I think the first step is speaking the word of God. The second step, number two, not only are we speaking God's word, but we're renewing our mind. Renewing your mind. Now, let me ask you this. Where is the battle? Oh, it is right here. How many of you can get mixed up in your head? Oh, yes, indeed. Sometimes you can think thoughts, and it just takes a little thought. The enemy will just drop something in your mind. You ever been talking to somebody, and they say, you know, well, uh, you know, my my uncle was diagnosed with, with cancer, and here are the symptoms. And as he's saying the symptoms, you start to feel that in your body. Am I talking to anybody here? And this fear jumps on you, and you start feeling these pains. Next thing you know, you're thinking your body is eat up with cancer. And I'm not trying to laugh or minimize or make fun of of sickness, but I want you to see how right here in your head, if you allow a stray thought to get planted in your mind, the enemy can take that single thought and he can ruin your life with it. And that's how temptation works. If we're not speaking God's word, we can't renew our mind. Look at what Paul said in Romans 12, verse 2. 
He says, and do not be conformed to this world. Everybody say conformed. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? How do you get transformation? It's through renewing this. You see, listen, if you're not transformed, you'll be conformed. If you're not transformed by the renewing of your mind, you will never know the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. How many of you, you want to do God's will? You want to know God's will. You want to walk in the purposes of God. Well, when you renew your mind, then you begin to know God's purpose and his, his plan for your life. Uh, here, here's kind of the thought that I had. Um, when you don't renew your mind, it's easy to pollute your spirit. It's almost like taking out the trash. How many of you, that's your job at the house? Take the garbage out. Okay, when you forget, have, have you ever forgotten to take out the trash? Okay, have, have you been reminded Either somebody reminds you, or you just, ooh, that's nasty. Something died up in here. Oh, Lord. If you don't take out the trash, let's say you go three weeks. Lord Jesus, help us. Three weeks and don't take out the trash at your house. How many read a move to a different house? Why? Because if you don't take out the garbage, then what's in there is going to pollute everything in your home. The same is true in your mind. If you don't clean out the garbage that the enemy's trying to deposit, it's called stinking thinking. Come on now. <laughs> Smells bad. Nobody wants to be around it. It just contaminates your whole soul. You got to take out the garbage. Renewing your mind is like taking out the trash. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 10. He says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Are you with me? We talked about spiritual warfare last week. Well, this is a key part of it. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought and to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Do you know that you and I have the power to take thoughts captive? Some stray thought comes in your mind, something flashes on a TV screen, billboard, commercial, whoa! And you know, whoa, wait, wait a second, wait a second. If I let that thought into my mind, it's gonna poison my marriage. It's gonna ruin my relationships. We have the power to quarantine that thought and say, you know what, that thought does not belong here. That didn't come from God. That either came from your flesh, it came from the enemy of your soul, it came from the world. No, 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 I'm not gonna let that thought pass through my mind and, and poison my soul. Are you with me? Uh, Mama used to say it like this. She said, son, it's not a sin for birds to fly over your head but it is a sin if you let them build a nest. You see, we can't keep certain thoughts from coming, but just because I can't keep it from coming doesn't mean I have to let it stay. Are you with me? And so renewing your mind is paying attention to what happens in here. Speaking God's word is a part of renewing our mind. The third thing, let me tell you this. Oh, and I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. How many of you give me just five more minutes? You give me five minutes? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 30. We got three hours, three hours up in here. Hallelujah. Number one, speaking God's word. Number two, renewing your mind. Number three, avoiding compromising situations. 
There are certain situations that encourage compromise. And if you're smart, you'll say, you know what? Let me put my distance here. Because if I put myself in this situation, I'm going to invite trouble into my life. You you remember the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis. Remember how Joseph was serving in Potiphar's house? How many of you remember that? Joseph was a Hebrew boy with a a call of God on his life, and he's serving in a foreign land under a man named Potiphar. Remember Potiphar's wife? Now, the Bible doesn't give her a name, but I'm going to call her Mrs. Potty. (laughs) Right? And Mrs. Potty thought Joseph was a hottie. For real. Oh, hunk of hunk of burning love. What's up? Hey, Joe, come talk to your girl. Come holler at your girl. And Joe's like, whoa, 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 slow your roll. I can't sin against you. I can't sin against my master. I can't sin against God. And she just reached out and grabbed him. She just had to have him. Hunk of hunk of burning love. You get next to me, boy. He said, nope. And he what? He did the Forrest Gump. He ran, he ran for his life, ran right out of his coat. Come on, how many members that story? You say, Mike, well, that must not have been a man of God. You mean he wasn't strong enough to stand up to that pressure? No, no, no. It's not always about being strong. It's about being smart. You see, intelligence recognizes even the right man. If you put him in the wrong place at the wrong time, he'll do the wrong thing. So Joseph I'm telling you what, that, that, that is a lesson to us. We need to pay attention to the areas of our life that we're weak in, and we need to separate ourselves from the source of temptation. And if you can't, then just remove, you either remove the source of temptation or remove yourself from temptation. Does that make sense? You see, it's kind of like in the words of the, the great hymn writer, Kenny Rogers. He said, you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Know when to walk away and know when to, come on, you with me? I'm telling you, the best advice, some of you, you just need to just start stepping. No, no, I can't stay. I can't go there because if I go there, I'm going to do these things. Or if I go back to old friends, I'm going to go back to old sins. Come on, somebody. You got to avoid, do everything within your power to avoid compromising situations. You either remove the source or you remove yourself. Here's what I didn't tell the first service, and I I want to make sure I I get this in because I thought this is important. But please know this, you are only one step away from stupid. I'm trying to be kind. But the moment you stop thinking you're only one step away from stupid is the moment you have stepped into stupid. <laughs> Babe, is that, she's not looking really nice right now. Did I, we don't say that word. Dumb, dumb. You're one step away from dumb. Is that better? How many know we're all capable of doing dumb things? Yes, we are. The, the mistake is, well, I can handle this. I, I got this. I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. No, you aren't. Listen to me. The temptation that you underestimate will eventually become the sin that will overtake you. Well, I said a lot right there. I'm not saying temptation is sin, but the temptation that you minimize 
will eventually become the sin. It will grow into sin that will overtake you. Question, how many of you, when you go to bed at night, you leave the front door wide open? Two people. Y'all live in Livingston Parish? It's safe. It, Livingston is safe. That's a, I'm not dogging LP. Come on, I love Livingston. We're planting a church. We're coming to Denham, baby. But I'm going to lock the door at night. When you go to bed, how many have like a little nighttime routine? You check everything. Front door shut, check. Front door locked, check. Deadbolt, check. Chain, check. Alarm engaged, check. Pit bull at the front door, check. Why, why, why do we do this? Why? What are we saying? We're saying that what's in the house is worth protecting. I want you to know that what God has placed inside of you, it is worth protecting. You don't open the door and invite trouble in. No. Avoid compromising situations. Listen, at my house, it's like Fort Knox. Rachel, she makes sure every window, every door. Listen, I'll take the trash to the curb. And by the time I get back, the door is shut and locked. I'm like, baby, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. Let me in. Hey, but you got to believe that what God has placed in you, it's worth protecting. Shut the door. Keep out the devil. Can I have a good amen? Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.